Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Grab your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Um, I'm not sure that I've ever been more sure that what the Lord's laid on my heart is what needs to be spoken and preached in this service today. I can't tell you how many confirmations, sort of random messages from people who had no idea from the opening, from Heather's opening to Jordan's remarks to the song selections. I'm just telling y'all, you're not here by accident. Okay? And I want you to be aware of that and I want you to be open to that because um, it's important when the Lord speaks to you. When the Lord speaks to you, do you think you should listen? Okay. So I'm just telling you, the Lord's got you here for a reason today. And I want you to listen for His voice. It might be behind my voice somewhere, but listen for His voice because He wants to speak to you today. Isaiah 61, I'll read it in just a minute. Um, so. Corey, you can, you guys can go on down. Thank you so much for what you do um, every week. So let me start off by saying this. I usually spend Sunday mornings um, in the role of preacher or Bible teacher. And I'm sure some of that will bleed into whatever we get into today. Um, But primarily today, I want to be your pastor. The shepherd of this particular little flock that gathers at Covenant Life each week and that you call Covenant Life home, or for those of you whom the great shepherd, Jesus, may have led here today for such a time as this. So I knew after last week, and Jordan's already mentioned last week as well, but I knew after last week I wanted to check up on you. Um, and I mentioned it as we transitioned out of worship last week that there was this weight in the room, this, this heaviness. Jordan talked about the, the distraction, all of that, the, that thing. There was a thing here. And there's still a thing here, okay? And so I I could just tell that so many of you are walking through the fire. And so many of you are carrying a heavy weight, a heavy burden. So as I prayed for you and prayed about the situation and about it, I asked the Lord to give me a word that would be helpful to you and encourage you. Not just some sort of inspirational fluff that... um, that, that would make you feel better for 45 minutes and then you're left to deal with your stuff again. I, I, I really wanted something that would equip you to fight these kinds of battles both now and in the future. And so I believe he drew me to this scripture in Isaiah 61 and, and uh, if the team was able to get all this together today, I want to read it in three different translations. You know it's important when the preacher reads three different translations. Okay, it's, gonna, it's probably going to be familiar to you, but I want to make sure you see um, all of the nuances of the language. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they, and they will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's in the NIV. I want to read it in New Living Translation. It's similar, but I just want this to wash over you today. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in in Israel... He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they'll be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. And then if you grew up like I did, you you probably recognize the language here in the King James, or this is the 21st century King James. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of our vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. I want to ask you a really simple question today, but it's an important one. How are you doing? How are you doing? I don't ask it as a greeting. It's not small talk. It's not an icebreaker. I want to know how you're doing. How you're doing on the inside. How you're doing when you're alone with your thoughts. And more than me finding out how you're doing, I want to make sure you know how you're doing. The pace at which we live our lives in the 21st century makes it hard to notice what's going on with us until we crash into a wall and break something. Isn't that right? We, a broken relationship, broken job, broken ministry, broken church, whatever. We only stop when something breaks. As long as we're still moving, we, we must be okay, right? We woke up, we must be okay. As long as my car starts and runs, then all those little lights on the dash, they don't mean anything, right? Isn't that how we, it's just decoration, Just a little added color on the dashboard for us, right? We do that to ourselves, too. All the flashing lights, all the warning signs, we we got no time for that. But nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Just because you're still moving does not mean everything's okay. 
part of my role as, uh, as shepherd is to watch over your soul. That's, that's in the Word. That's kind of the job description. Well, your soul is made up of your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So are you thinking clearly? Spouses don't answer for your spouse. Are you thinking clearly? Are you thinking in a way that reflects alignment with the truth of God's word? Or are you starting to think differently? Are your decisions taking you closer to the path that God wants for you? Or or do you sense yourself beginning to walk away from the faith you've always stood in? What are your emotions like? Are you depressed? Are you angry? Are you numb? Are you overwhelmed? Do, do you want to cry more than usual? Are you just unpredictable? Like you don't know, you, you open your black, you don't even know what's going to come out your mouth. Right? You, have you been going off on people who probably didn't deserve what you gave them? If, if something is going on in your mind, in your will, in your emotions, if something has changed about how you think and how you feel and how you act, then, then you need to pay attention. Those are the warning lights on the dashboard. That means there is a soul issue that needs your attention. So how are you doing? The passage that we just read addressed, was addressed to those, in verse 3, it was addressed to those who grieve in Zion. And that's the name of the message today, those who grieve in Zion. Zion is another word for Israel, the people of God. And in the 21st century, those who are followers of Jesus are part of spiritual Israel. We're, we're the people of God. There are a lot of reasons to mourn, particularly in ancient Israel, which was the context for the passage. It speaks of uh, ashes in the verse, ashes and mourning and despair And all of those are related to the idea and the expressions of grief. They mourned over personal losses. They mourned over their own spiritual shortcomings. They mourned over impending doom or loss. They mourned over national tragedies. And guess what? We still mourn over the same things today. So how are you doing? And if I went around the room and I asked you to respond to me individually to that question, how are you doing? Some of you may say, listen, I'm fine and this is stupid, <laughs> right? Nothing's wrong with me. There's apparently something wrong with all these other people <laughs> that I have to live and work with, but I'm fine. I'm the normal one. I just want to be left alone, okay? That's denial and isolation, Some of you might respond, listen, John, I'm fine. I just lose my temper a little more than I used to. It's nothing to worry about. And quite honestly, it irritates me that you're bringing it up. (laughs) My bad. Okay? That's anger. Some of you might say, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm dealing with something right now, and I can't seem to get this thing off my mind. Like, I keep trying to figure out what I could have done differently. 
I keep trying to figure out how I could change something to make this situation better or make, make it have, to have had a different outcome. I'm not really sleeping all that well because I can't get my brain to turn off. And of course, that makes me sluggish the next day and it starts kind of a vicious cycle. That's bargaining. Bargaining. I'm trying to negotiate a different outcome. Some of you might say, John, I am not okay. I'm I'm not okay, but I have no strength. I have no energy to do anything about it. I'm just stuck in this vortex, this black hole, and I can't seem to break free of the gravitational pull that keeps dragging me further and further down. That's depression. And some of you might have arrived at this conclusion. Yes, I'm grieving. Yes, I'm depressed, but this is just my life now. It's just, this is just probably as good as it's going to get. This is just how things are going to be for me. And that's called acceptance. All those responses represent the five stages of grief. Of grief. Your brain, which is where your soul is, I know we always want to go, I feel it in my soul. It just looks weird to go out, feel it in my soul. But your soul's in your, in, in your brain, right? But it's a very complex organ. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. Your mind is a scary place. It, it's entirely possible that most of us are, yes, I said most of us, are being affected by grief that we're not even aware of consciously. And that's possible. Your brain knows it. Your emotions are responding to it, but it just hasn't risen to your consciousness yet. Something's wrong. You don't even know what. It's like the old uh, check engine light. That thing comes on for everything, right? It probably ain't even the engine. You probably left the gas cap off. But it just tells you something is wrong. And so I wanted to, to try to help you, first of all, understand that you're grieving before we can talk about those who grieve in Zion. You say, John, I, I got no idea what I could be grieving about. Well, I'd like to suggest five sources really quickly, five sources of grief that affect all of us today in one way or the other. Um, the first two are in the, in the personal loss category. So here's the first one. Uh, I'm calling it boomerang grief. Boomerang grief. You, you might be thinking, yes, I have suffered a personal loss, but I should be over it by now. Let me tell you something. Personal losses take way longer to heal than you think they do. And the healing happens in layers. It happens in layers. You think you're over it, but some, you'll smell something. You'll taste something. You'll hear or see something. Something will happen, and here it comes again. It's a boomerang. It just keeps coming back. And you keep throwing the little sucker as hard as you can. But it just keeps coming back. Boomerang grief. The second one is camouflage grief. Camouflage grief. Coming to terms with the personal loss is difficult. Um, But what about when you lose a job? What about when you have to walk away from a ministry? What about when when you feel like you're being forced to leave your church? The pain that you feel is not just anger, it's not just sadness, 
It's grief. It's grief. The grief was camouflaged as something else. But you've got to deal with it for what it actually is. Third cause of grief that we all deal with at one point or the other is in the spiritual shortcomings category. Let's call it battle fatigue. Battle fatigue. This comes from a lack of spiritual progress. That you feel like you're fighting the same battle over and over and over again. Is it just me or can one of you honest people nod your head? Just a little, just a little, all right? Now you got the same, you're like, I'm dealing with the same old faults, the same old flaws. It's exactly what Joseph sang in Chainbreaker this morning. Been walking the same old road for miles and miles. That's battle fatigue, y'all. Been doing the same things over and over again, and you're just worn out. You're just, you're grieving the loss of what you thought you were supposed to be by now, or what you, the loss of the life that you thought following Jesus was going to bring you because you're like I must I didn't I must have missed the fine print because this is not what I signed up for right the fourth K the fourth cause of grief is in the national tragedy category I'm gonna call this empathy overload empathy overload comes from this thing right here In this constantly connected world that we live in, I'm going to turn my phone over in case some of y'all be texting me about stuff. We're constantly connected, right? I'm trying to preach. I still got a stupid thing in my pocket. We're constantly connected in this world that we live in, and we're connected to everyone everywhere. And what we're doing is feasting at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We know every awful thing that happens everywhere in the world, right? Your news feed is bringing you buckets of grief every day. Humans were not built to handle this much knowledge of good and evil. That's just not how we were created. God was right when he told Adam and Eve, the fruit of that tree is going to kill you. You can only care about so much at one time. You can only grieve about so much at one time. You can only empathize with about so much at one time before it just overwhelms you to the point you don't even know what you're grieving about. You're just exhausted. Overloaded. And then here's the last one. Some mixture really of all the, all the things. And, and it, it, I couldn't believe when Jordan mentioned it. The COVID-19 pandemic. Everyone in the stinking world has suffered a tremendous trauma from the pandemic. Whether, whether you ever got sick or not. Sociologists, psychologists, uh, anthropologists are watching this very, very closely right now. And they're saying pretty much everybody in the world is going through the grieving process right now. And it might take a generation to work through all of it. For some people, it was a personal loss. Many of you lost people to the virus or in the virus. Or you lost some, some lung capacity or some functioning of your body because of the virus. And it is a real and constant source of grief for you. For other people, it was empathy overload. Right? Because every day... 
You woke up and you looked at the news or you heard of somebody you knew who was sick or you heard the reports or you saw the news stories or the Facebook posts from hospitals and morgues and all over. It was, it was overwhelming. I suspect most of you, like me, got to the point where you quit watching the news. You just had to if you were going to make it through another day. And, and for almost all of us at one point or the other, it was impending doom. Especially at the beginning, he mentioned March, 7, March 17th, 2020. My brain immediately went back there because that was the very beginning of the shutdown. And, and it was very hard because none of us knew anything about this thing. And it was very hard not to imagine the worst when you heard about it. it you were grieving stuff that hadn't even happened yet. But it was real, wasn't it? And then you throw in all the things we lost from the lockdown, the weddings and the funerals, I buried my daddy in the middle of, of in May of 2020, and it was not what it should have been. And many of you went through the same thing. We, we lost all those chances, those weddings and funerals, the graduations, the holidays. You throw in the stress of that whole period of time. Y'all remember how ridiculous it was? To try to live there, all the, the acts of violence and the injustice, the anger, the division, the political chaos, the racial polarization. Like it, it is ignorant to act like that did not and does not affect us. Just because you're like, I put it behind me, I don't even talk about it. Denial. <laughs> I'm just mad the whole thing happened. Anger. Okay? I, listen, I'm not trying to, to depress everybody. You're like, man, I was doing okay until I heard this preaching stuff. This, this is awful, right? I'm just trying to say, as your shepherd, you need to stop acting like everything's okay. Most of us are not okay. Most of us are grieving some form of loss or trauma, and we have to own that. You have to name it. You have to own it. Listen, I'm the chief of sinners when it comes to sucking it up and pushing forward. Like, I, like I was raised that way. Like, just rub dirt on it and keep going. Rub dirt on it? But we're like, oh, okay. Rub dirt, keep going. Just spit on it. It'll be, spit on it? Really? That, but that's the way we were raised, right? Just suck it up and keep going. But listen to somebody who now has more than a half a century of experience. You're going to die if you don't learn to prioritize your spiritual and emotional and mental health. You're going to die way earlier than you were supposed to. Carrying all this stuff around is killing you. Denying it is killing you. It's killing your relationships. It's killing your joy. It's killing your spiritual life. It's killing your church. I'm just trying to call it out so that you can realize that most of us in this room, most of us watching online or listening on the podcast are grieving about something. So that's enough bad news. The good news is I'm also here to tell you that there is help and there is hope and his name is Jesus. Okay? And I want you to understand that that's not... I don't mean that to be a Christian cliche or all of us shout glory and just dance out the door. I'm saying, for reals, he cares. Jesus is a person, y'all. 
He's, he's not like some historical, mythical character that we read about. He's real. And he cares about your mind and your will and your emotions. He was moved with compassion for the people that he saw. He is moved by the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses. He cares about your grief. He cares about the load that you're trying to carry. And he doesn't want you, he doesn't want us to carry it anymore. He's calling out to those who grieve in Zion. He's calling out to those who grieve at covenant life. And he's telling us it's time to lay it down today. Today. The passage of scripture that we read in Isaiah 61 isn't, doesn't just define the problem it also offers the promise of a solution. And the solution comes from Jesus. That's why I read from verse 1 and not just verse 3. Because that passage was about Jesus. That's what he stood in his hometown synagogue and read from. From this passage in Isaiah, he was saying those things about himself. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, Jesus to heal and deliver and set free. But it also says that Jesus gives a crown of beauty instead of the ashes of mourning. It also, read the, read the passage, it says, he will give you the crown of beauty instead of ashes. Jesus does that. Jesus gives the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, instead of the crushing weight of grief. What's oil represent? Holy Spirit. And what did he say? Would, what was the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love and joy and peace. Jesus gives us the garment of praise in exchange for the spirit of heaviness and depression and, and even the numbness that we feel. Listen, the house of the Lord is not a place to try to hide your grief. So you can take off the mask you can quit smiling with the cheesy smile that you only use at church. You can quit telling everybody everything's good, everything's fine. Blessed and highly favored, brother. How are you? All the stuff that nobody, normal people don't talk like that, y'all. That's why nobody talks to you. <laughs> it works. Just say weird stuff. This is not the place to come and hide your grief. This is the place to come and receive healing and help and hope. You're not going to be condemned by the Lord when you tell him that you're grieving. He already knows. And he'll give you help and hope. He'll give you himself, but only if you will bring it to him honestly and humbly. Because he can't solve a problem that you don't even admit you've got. I, I've always been confused by the people who, believe, who say they believe in healing, divine healing, but also deny that they're sick. I don't know how you get those two things together. If you never even admit that you've got a problem, how the healer going to heal you if you ain't sick? I don't get it. 
You can't, he can't solve a problem that you don't even say you've got. He can't heal a hurt you won't admit is causing you pain. It's time to get honest with him today and start receiving his help. He promises his help to us all throughout scripture. Psalm 34 says he is near to the brokenhearted. Right? He says in another place in Psalm, he is, he is a very present help in times of trouble. First Peter says to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. The name of the Lord, he says, is a strong tower and righteous people can run into it and find safety. This is a safe place to find what you need today because this is his house. But you're safe with us, too, because we're all in the same boat. Grief is no respecter of persons. The only qualification for grief is that you're human. And best I can tell, y'all all qualify. But I want to point something out to you this morning. He can give you a garment of praise all day long. But it doesn't do you any good unless you put it on. He can give you the oil of joy. He can give you beauty for ashes. But until you put them on, it doesn't do you any good. It's not just faith. It's not like at some point, the joy is going to wash over me. At some point, this garment of praise is just going to jump on me. That's not how that works. James said, faith is demonstrated by your actions. It's demonstrated by your work. It can't be one or the other. It's both. And here's, here's how this works. When you, um, when you find yourself all jacked up, can we say that in church? Because I'm going to say it several more times. All right. When you find yourself all jacked up like I found myself this week, don't ignore it. Quit giving yourself a free pass. I'm not talking about condemnation. I, I, you don't have to get in kind of, oh, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't feel that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually the opposite of that. I'm trying, I'm saying, you go, oh, wait, dude, what is that? Like, don't just give yourself a pass, say, we all have bad days. Like, stop and try to figure out what's going on. Like, kind of drill down and say to yourself, um, self, you're jacked up. Like, if you need to do that in a mirror to make yourself feel better about it, that's cool. But when you stop long enough to explore it, you'll probably discover that it's grief of some sort. It's probably grief. So this is what you do. You say, Father, uh, I'm all jacked up. You can say that to the Lord. He knows. He already knows. He's like, yeah, you are. I'm all jacked up and, and grieving about whatever that is, fill in the blank with whatever it is that you're grieving about. And then you just keep talking to him. And you can, you can keep talking right out of the same verse. Lord, you said you'd give me the garment of praise for this spirit of grief. And heaviness that I'm feeling. So I'm choosing right now to put on the garment of praise by faith. Because I need your peace. And I need your joy. And I need your beauty filling my mind. Instead of all of this chaos and confusion and anger and all this stuff. Right? So the fir- that's the first part. You get really honest with him and you do all of that by faith. Then you have to do something about it. So what do you do? Well, first of all, 
you just wait for a second. You just breathe. Just breathe. You're like, no, I want like the silver bullet pill, like the injection, and I'm... Listen, half the problem is grief. The other half is we never give our brains the chance to process anything before we move on to the next trauma and crisis. So slow down for a second. You're never going to hear the Lord speak peace. He ain't going to yell peace at you while you're running away. Slow down and let him speak peace and healing to you. Because I don't know if this is not exactly in the Bible. You can kind of jot it down in the margins if you want to. But Jesus don't do microwave. He does crock pot. Right? He don't even do air fryer. He, he does iron skillet. Like you got to nurse that thing for a while to get it just right. Right? You want to be renewed? What do you have to do? Wait upon the Lord. So take a minute. Half the reason you're crazy in that moment is because your brain, the RPMs on your brain, are in the red. Slow down for a second. So after you, after you take a minute, put on that garment of praise by faith, and then you actually praise him for something. You're like, oh, now you're just getting weird. I didn't say get out the car and dance down the road. I said, put on the garment of praise. Like, find something to praise God for in that moment. Even if it's, like, I don't even like anybody right now. Okay, praise him for a bird. For a, Are you mad at the birds, too? The, the flowers, the sun. So find something to praise God for, right? Maybe you just remember the faithfulness of God. That's gotten you to this point. The fact that you're still breathing enough to gripe about something is a miracle in itself. Just praise him about something. Do the same thing. Find something to be, have joy about. Find something that, that brings, that you find beauty some, somewhere and in something. All right? Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the joy, to give you the, the beauty and the peace as you wait on him and as you worship and praise him. Now I'm serious. I did this this week. I did this this week. I had to do something because I didn't even like myself. Wednesday morning. You, do y'all ever do that? You're like, you are a nasty dude right now. Like I don't. You shouldn't be around human beings. Um, and and when I did, sitting right there in my truck, my mind began to change. My emotions began to come back in balance. The decisions that I was considering were no longer going to end up with law enforcement involved. You, it's close. It's close sometimes. You, you don't have to put on worship music and light candles. Not, you, and I mean, that's cool, and I've done that, and that's great when you have time to do that. Sometimes you ain't got time to do that. Sometimes you've got like four minutes before you walk into the lion's den. Right? So get yourself aligned with Jesus and let him speak healing into that grief and into that gloom in the moment that you feel it. Okay? Now, let's also understand that this is not just going to be a one-time thing. 
Because I didn't solve all my problems in that like three minutes in my truck. I still got other issues to deal with. Valerie, do not say amen. Um, This is not going to be a one-time thing. Because the world is broken. And it's constantly stressing us out and causing us to grieve about the things that go on in the crazy world that we live in. We just talked about that, right? So, So when you come to church on Sunday mornings... And it's worship time. Um, worship. It's not music time. <clears throat> time. It's not music time. It's worship time. All right? The, and that's not the same thing. The, the lyrics should help you find, uh, just sort of dive into the presence of the Lord and, and, and invite him. Into, and it helps you get invited into his presence. It, it helps you to focus on some good things. But listen, don't just stand there and read the lyrics off the screen. Don't, don't just disappear into the harmonies and into the chords and into the melodies and, and, uh, and the groove of the music. Don't, don't do that. And for goodness sake, don't just ignore it and hope it's over soon. Worship him. Put on the garment of praise. It's a choice. It happens by faith, but you have to choose to do it. It has nothing to do with how you feel or what your circumstance is in that moment. You are bringing him your grief and your anxiety. You're bringing him your fear and your pain. You're bringing him the things that have hurt you and all the things that have piled up on you. Don't, don't throw those things away. Like gather those things up and bring them because he said he's going to exchange those things for his peace and for his love and his provision and his presence and his healing and all the things that you need. But the exchange happens by putting on the garment of praise instead of continuing to walk in all of the heaviness. All the good things that you need in your life come from the presence of God. Not from his hand. From his presence. When my kids are in my presence, they don't have to ask me for anything. I take care of what they need. So it might be we just need to quit seeking his hand and try to find his heart. And get into his presence. Acts chapter chapter 3 says times of refreshing come in the presence of the Lord. Psalm says that in, the, in his presence, there's fullness of joy in his presence. Over and over again throughout Scripture, the Word shows us that worship is warfare. Yeah. Worship is warfare for your battles. Yeah. Worship is medicine for what ails you. Yeah. Worship is therapy for what grieves you. Oh, yeah. When you wander into a service and you ignore the opportunity to worship, You are sentencing yourself to a life of grief and pain because he told you what he's going to give you in exchange for the grief. But if you don't take it, what else is he going to do? What else is he going to give you? He already gave you the solution. Now you're just choosing not to take it. You work out your grief in worship. 
I remember usually sitting right up here is Miss Jeannie Bryant. Um, and I, I watched about 10 or 15 years ago, I saw Miss Jeannie stumble into a Wednesday night service. It's been a long time ago. She was a, she, follow these words closely, she was a pediatric hospice nurse. Let that sort of wash over you and think about her day-to-day activities. A pediatric hospice nurse. And she stumbled in one Wednesday night. I don't think I was the pastor yet. I was still uh, leading worship. And, and you could see the weight on her. Like she looked like it was all she could do to walk. And, she, and, and, and I said, are, are you okay? She said, I lost three babies today. Today. Three. Now, I don't care how professional you are. I don't care how good you are at your job. That's, that's grief. That's weight. And she stumbled down to the aisle. And I couldn't even, I was just stunned. I couldn't even imagine what that must be like. But she stumbled on down to the altar. And she fell in the altar. And she prayed. And she worshiped. And she got herself in the presence of God. And while, while so many of us who had had pretty good days just stood and stared and it pretty much ignored what was going on in the service. She's crying her heart out to the Lord. And she got herself in the presence of God. And she found grace and she found mercy and she found healing and she found comfort and peace in His presence. Listen, those babies were still gone. It didn't change her circumstance. It changed her perspective. And it changed her ability to get up the next day and go help other families in the same situation. Okay? So whatever you're facing, I'm not talking about a permanent solution for the problem of grief. I'm talking about this is how you get through life with all the things that come at you. Because even if it's not hard right now, it's going to get hard. So we have to learn how to process all of this heaviness and all of this grief and all this stuff that we've got going on in our lives. You work your grief out in worship. And it feels like the opposite. It feels like when you're grieving, the last thing you want to do is worship, right? You just want to draw up. You want to ignore everything and everybody. You just want to wait it out. That's the, that's the, the worst thing you can possibly do. You find healing for your pain in worship. Sometimes we see people who are really exuberant in their worship. And we just think, well, they must have had a good week. No, quite likely, the opposite of that is true. And they're doing everything they can do to shake off the grief and to get themselves in the presence of God so they can find the healing that he promised. They're trying to bring their ashes and find beauty. They're trying to bring that spirit of heaviness and exchange it for the garment of praise. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, Corey, you can come on if you want to. Uh, Almost every one of us here in Zion is grieving. And most of us have something to grieve every week. May not be a catastrophe, but there's some sort of heaviness, something that we have to figure out how to shake off. I want you to decide right now, no matter what your week has been like, that every time you walk through the doors of this church or whatever church you go to, or every time you get a chance, you're going to intentionally 
put on the garment of praise. It is not just going to sweep over you and sweep you up. You have to decide to do it. You have to decide, I'm going to put on this crown of beauty around my head that's thinking all this crazy stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this oil of joy, and I just want it to run down from the top of my head to the soles of my feet and just completely change where I am. I, you have to decide that you're going to trade your sorrows for the joy of the Lord. You're going to take him up on this great exchange to give you all of this good stuff in exchange for all of this, all this luggage we've been dragging around all week. That every week you're going to actually praise him. You're going to actually worship him. That you're going to pursue his presence so that you, he can heal what hurts you and cleanse what has polluted you. So he can set you free from the pain that's been holding you back for all these years. Grief is not incurable, and it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Listen, all those who grieve in Zion, there is joy, and there is peace, and it's found in the presence of the Lord. If you have a relationship with Jesus, then it's yours for the taking. So here's my question now. You going to ask him for help or what? You going to ask him for help or you going to keep acting like everything's fine? You going to ask him to help you with all your mess or are you just going to keep dragging it around? You going to keep acting like nothing's wrong? Making everybody around you miserable? You the last person to to know. You the last person to admit that there's something wrong with you. If people are asking you if you're okay, you're not okay. They're not the problem. You are. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of being tired? Grief's heavy. It's heavy. No matter what form it takes, whether you're just mad all the time, whether you're depressed, whatever it is, it's heavy. There is help and there is hope for those who grieve in Zion. And his name's Jesus. Y'all stand with me, please. Did y'all not just see this whole service come together before your eyes? Did y'all not see all the threads, all the things that the Holy Spirit's been doing the whole time we've been together? And we didn't plan, it, obviously we plan our individual sections. We don't talk about it and decide how we're going to produce the service to get the outcome. That's, that's not the deal. Man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit pulled all of this together for you. The question is, are you going to receive what he brought you here to give? You say, John, I didn't think you really were worried too much about what happens in, in the moment in an altar. I'm telling you, a lifetime's worth of healing has to start somewhere. And it can start in a moment in an altar somewhere. But you've got to open the door. So I'm going to ask them to sing something. Just a worship song is fine. doesn't have to be just as I am and I surrender all. Just some sort of worship song because you're going to find what you need in the presence of the Lord. Do I have to double dog dare you to try? 
I care about you. And while I don't get a chance to touch each one of you and talk to each one of you every time you come through the door, there is a, I learned this when I was a teacher, there is a personality that a group of people takes on when they get together. And when we get together, right now, it's heaviness and it's grief. And I know from that that many, many, many of you are carrying it. And I want you to lay it down today because I care about you. Okay? Let's pray. Father, as much as I care about these people, I don't even have the capacity to care about them as much as you do. And I don't have the capacity to give them what they need, but you already have. And I pray that today, and Lord, you know I'm praying for myself too. I've got to lay some stuff down. I've got to quit dragging some stuff around. I've got to find healing for my grief. I've got to find healing for the heaviness, for the things that I carry. And Lord, I pray that for every person right here, right now. I pray that we would commit ourselves, starting right now, to lay this stuff down to exercise our option in this great exchange and to bring all of this stuff to you and give it to you and receive in exchange all the good things that you have for us. And I pray that you start right now healing and setting people free because you're a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.